1: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brickenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
0: So I told you yesterday the province of Ontario is moving to ban cell phones in all classrooms right across the province. Now, they're not the first jurisdiction to do so. Maybe the biggest. Uh, to do so at that scale. There are other communities where cell phone bans have been implemented. More typically, it tends to be at the school or even at the individual teacher level. I think everybody seems to agree that, that sure, these these devices are a distraction. If kids are on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube in class, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. There's a lot more technology integrated into the classroom and whether kids are on their own devices or school-supplied devices, there are going to be times when they're using those tools for assignments, for what's going on in the classroom. But the idea of cutting out those distractions makes perfect sense. You want to limit that. But in a way, you're, you're addressing kind of the manifestation of the problem, not really addressing the problem itself, why kids are so attached to their devices. And, and how we push back against that. And it may not just be school where this is a, a problem in terms of physical activity, in terms of social interaction. There are probably a lot of reasons why maybe we should be concerned about how reliant kids are on technology or how addicted they are to technology, if that's the right way to frame it. Joining us to talk a bit more about some of these issues and how we go about addressing them. Very pleased to welcome to the program someone who's uh, studied this issue quite extensively, Jacob Barkley, as uh, a professor at Kent State University. Uh, professor Barkley, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me, Rob. Uh,
0: your thoughts on the idea of, of banning cell phones in schools, whether that makes sense to you?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting um, approach. I think. Uh, strictly limiting their use within the classroom is probably advisable. Um, You mentioned in your lead-in that there are a number of ways you could use the the phones that could augment the course, but the majority of the use with these devices is for leisure purposes and not really relevant to the coursework. So I think that if you were to keep them out of the classroom, it would probably increase the children's ability to pay attention to the task at hand.
0: Now, there have always been distractions, right, in, in school. And even with technology a generation ago, you know, kids might have had their, their Game Boys or, you know, a Walkman or even just writing notes or, or doodling. But th- this is a whole other level, right, where, where kids have become really dependent on these devices to be able to put it away for a few hours and ignore all the texts and ignore all the, the bings, all the notifications. It's becoming really challenging for kids, right, to, to detach themselves from it.
1: I totally agree. I, I think that these devices, they have an active um, role in in drawing your attention to them. You mentioned all the notifications, all the buzzes, all the beeps, all the pings, all the messages that pop up on the screen encouraging you to pick that device back up. And this is something that previous technology, you mentioned Game Boys. It, it didn't have that, mm-hmm. not to mention the fact that the the scope and the range of activities that you can utilize the device for is so much broader than any other portable electronic device that we've had in the past and I think that that's part of what's drawn us to the studying these devices and the potential impact that they have on our lives because we turn around and these the use of this device became ubiquitous it's everywhere, but we don't really understand what using this device as much as we are what that's doing to the other behaviors and and how it might be impacting our lives
0: right because yeah these issues go beyond just what's going on in the classroom and even if you can convince kids to keep their their phones in their lockers or in their pockets during class soon as the class is out, they're going to be on those devices. It's, a, it's an issue that, that exists around the clock. So what are the other issues we're running into then? I mean, there are, does it mean less physical activity? Does it mean less social interaction? Where are we seeing these, these issues manifest themselves?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. We've looked at a number of these, these different factors. Uh, we know we're pretty confident that high cell phone users, those that use the device more than um, some of their lower-use peers, sit for as many as 90 minutes more per day than their lower-use peers. So the greater the amount of cell phone use that you participate in, the more you're sitting. Uh, Now It could be that people that sit more often are more likely to use their their phones, or it could be that the phones are driving the additional sitting behavior. We've also seen negative relationships between sleep quality and cell phone use, meaning that people that use their phones more heavily have poor sleep quality. that, that has been looked at by psychologists and neurologists, and the type of lighting that the device has used might make it more difficult for people to fall asleep at night if they're using their device right before they go to bed. and also the notifications that the device um, renders could wake a person up from sleep. So if you have your phone on vibrator, if you have um, auditory uh, notifications for text messages and you keep the device close to your bed, it could be waking you up. We also notice an inverse relationship between cell phone use and academic performance, specifically GPA. So the heavier cell phone users had lower GPAs than their lower cell phone use peers, and that's as much as you know going from a, these are college students, so going from a GPA of about 3.3 for our lower use uh, students to GPAs of about 2.6 for our higher use students, and that could be the difference between qualifying for graduate school versus not qualifying for graduate school. It's
0: yeah, pretty it significant. Have
1: social interaction, mm-hmm. um, we. We've noticed that cell phone users, heavier cell phone users, tend to have poorer peer and parental relationships than their lower use peers, meaning that if an individual is using their cell phone excessively, the quality of the relationships that they report with their peers and their parents is worse than their than other individuals of the same age that are using the device less frequently. Um, so a, a lot of the things that we've looked at, we've seen these negative relationships. Now, these studies that I'm referring to aren't experimental, meaning that we can't say for sure that the phone is causing these negative outcomes or if it's if heavy cell phone use is a marker of these other negative health outcomes and that something else is causing it. I tend to think it's probably a little bit of both, um, but more experimental research is needed on the topic, but the the, the non-experimental research that we've, we've done, testing these associations, has yielded some troubling findings.
0: Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. In terms of you know, trying to to dial back some of this this social media use and, and smartphone use. I mean, we look to adults to set the example. Maybe maybe we're not a whole lot better then.
1: Well, we do use the device less than uh, kids. There's an inverse relationship between age and use, meaning that individuals that are forty years old are using the device less than 20 year olds. But use in forty year olds is still pretty high. Uh, Average use, we did a study recently where we looked at the average age of the individuals was uh, about 41 years old, and the average use for these individuals was about two and a half hours a day, whereas college students, when we've looked at them, it's a little bit closer to three and a half hours a day. But it's still a lot of time to allocate to the device, and I think you're right. I think that as parents, we may be setting a bad example um, by using the device as excessively as we do, uh, and then our kids pick up on that. Also, it's really important to set strict limits on how much you allow your children to use the device. And I think that the younger the child is, the more important this is. Mm-hmm. It's very easy as a parent to just let them play with the phone and leave you alone for a little while. I suppose that from time to time that's fine, but you have to be uh, cognizant of just how much the the children are using the device and try to set limits on it the same way that you would limit television.
0: Right, because, I mean, this technology is not going away, right? I mean, so this is the new reality, and and we need to, to figure it out.
1: Right. The technology is not going away. The concern that I have is that the technology showed up so quickly that we haven't really had time to assess the impact that it's had on our lives. And we're just now starting to really understand how much we're using these devices and how compelling the devices are, how difficult it is to not use the device for some people, and how that might be replacing or interfering with other aspects of life that might be more enriching.
0: Yeah, some important points. Uh, Dr. Barkley, we'll leave it there. Appreciate your input on this, and thanks so much for joining us here today.
1: Uh, It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.
0: All right, take care. That's uh, Dr. Jacob Barkley. as of the School of Health Sciences at Kent State University. Been involved in numerous studies looking at the impact uh, of smartphone use.
1: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.